You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at Rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. All right, welcome back to another episode. Uh, it is another day. We are daily uh, in the podcast uh, space, and this is my, of course, first daily podcast that I've been able to host. Um, and it's been a, it's been a joy. The the cool part of it is I, I never run out of material, and if I'm in the moment and you know the topic changes or someone gives me an idea, I can just dive in on it. I don't have to say, you know, let's wait until uh, episode whatever uh, that's going on. Uh, the other side of this is uh, you know it's a little bit of a journey, and uh, I'll give a quick update. We'll jump into the topic, but. You know, we're doing the Mint 365 project, right? So we're minting an NFT every single day of the year until November 11th, 2022, where we're going to sell all of those uh, NFTs as one uh, on that date. Uh, and I will tell you, yesterday was a grind. Um, I spent, I mean, majority of my day researching uh, NFT projects went to get involved in two of them. One of them sold out too quickly. The other one had an issue with their website, so they froze the minting process. Uh, and it took, it took me until about 9.30 p.m. for me to find a project that I wanted to jump into. Um, and, and what I mean by that is I, I found it found them earlier, but then I was watching their Discord, checking their Twitter. Um, I'm not you know doing this sporadically. And so um, we did go with a Pog Punk. Uh, Pog Punk is the uh, NFT that we uh, minted yesterday. Uh, the neat part is, uh, we have, I mean, I think the next seven days, I have at least two projects that we've had our eye on now for about at least a week um, that are minting over the next seven days. So it'll be a little bit less of that chaos uh, for those that you know can get a little bit overwhelmed or you know kind of get inundated um, with this process. And you know, for anyone that's never minted an NFT, you know, I, I'm a big believer in you know doing your research, understanding what your values are. And with this project, we know that we're going to diamond hands it, right? We're going to hold the NFT all the way until November of next year. So for me, I'm not looking for a quick flip. I'm not looking for a, an overnight, overhyped uh, project. But I also want some you know, projects that I can believe will be around uh, a year from now. And I will tell you, for those that are listening to this podcast, uh, mark my words, there are going to be a lot of the NFTs that we mint as part of this project that will never will probably be dead long before we actually go to sell the NFT 365 project. But I don't think that's going to be, I think that's going to be an interesting aspect of this, right? That's going to be part of the story that we'll be able to tell when we're actually selling um, the NFTs uh, November 11th, uh, 2022. And if you guys didn't hear yesterday, I broke the news um, that I'm going to be sharing 52% of the revenue from this project with the community that is over there on Discord that are uh, holding the ADHD coin. And so uh, I'm a big believer in we are greater than me and bringing the community in and I'm doing my best to practice what I preach. So we'll I will be sharing more than 50% of the revenue with those that are uh, a part of this project for the NFT 365. Um, we have more details uh, this week on how you can get involved with that with the two different um, programs. But if you missed that, just go back and uh, check out episode number 11. So this is episode 12, and we are talking avoiding rug pulls and scams. And I will tell you, 
I, in a weird way, the place that I fit a lot in this NFT space early on was people asking me for advice and tips in the security side of the house, right? How do we, how do we become more secure with our wallet? How do we, you know, how do we make sure that we're not clicking on the wrong website? And, and we'll cover a little bit of that. But I will tell you, like, you know, my background, for those that don't know, I worked nine years in cybersecurity uh, for the Department of Defense. I did three trips to Iraq, two to Afghanistan. Um, at the time, I had traveled to 54 countries in four years. I've now been to 76 countries. But for me, part of that, you know, what one of the things that was really stood out at me when I was working in cybersecurity, and, and it's really important for this conversation, because this is a decentralized uh, movement that we are all you know believing in and practicing in but the interesting part about decentralization is that it does switch not only the power but also the control but it also flips a little bit on its head some of the let's just say nice to haves or some of the things that have existed in our world that we've just become comfortable with and one of those things happens to be the fact that if we screw up with something there's someone we can call and blame right if we you know if we uh, all of a sudden you know took a you know posted our credit card number or we clicked and we bought two orders of the um, you know of the shoes that we wanted to buy if we double clicked because we didn't want to wait to the add to cart button uh, was done processing and all of a sudden we bought two pairs of shoes we're able to call up that shoe company and say hey this is what happened please forgive me and 99 percent of the time they're going to help us out they understand the thing about it in the decentralized world is um, the only person you're gonna be able to call is uh, 1-800 yourself and actually is that is that the right number of letter no that's not the right number 1-800 yourself and what i mean by that is there is no centralized entity that you can call to troubleshoot or to fix the uh, the mistakes or the things that you might have done and so that the risk the risk variance like what what could happen if we do something and then what are the the security blankets behind it are almost um, disappeared in this central in this decentralized world and so funny enough when people were asking me for advice on on you know this you know, how do I secure my MetaMask and how do I avoid the rug pulls? Early on, I was really focused just on, hey, just remember that the number one threat to security in the country, in the world, is not like the Chinese, it's not the Russians, it's not hackers. It's actually this term that is referred to as insider threat. And what that means is that we as individuals, humans that are inside of a company or inside of a business or working on a program, we either on purpose or accidentally share information. That is the number one threat to security, right? We are the ones that click on an, a link in our email that all of a sudden gives a hacker access into our, um, you know, into our network. They're now able to, you know, email every single person in our contacts, and now that's actually able to kind of like, you know, infiltrate our, our network and, and our community. And so. So interestingly enough, when we think about this idea that are are really the number one issue um, with security in the you know digital world is humans, we have to start asking ourselves like what are the things that we can what are the technologies or solutions that we can put into place that allow us to even prevent ourselves from hurting ourselves. Or from you know being the one that like you know I think it's that is that an old friend Flintstone uh, you know uh, comic where he's like uh, no I think it's Bart Simpson Bart Simpson was like you know touch the stove once and, you know shame on me touch the stove twice uh, you know shame on me and then touch the stove the third time like you know I have a problem right and I think you know there's interesting I I, I will say that part of the in, you know the inspiration for this episode was I have four friends that I was excited to get into the NFT space. And well, I have a group of friends, but four of them have reached out in the last 48 hours and said, Brian, you were right. I got rug pulled. Or Brian, you were right. 
I should have taken your advice. And uh, first of all, I don't ever uh, get tired of hearing, Brian, you were right. Um, I didn't hear that enough when I was married, hence why I got a divorce. No, just kidding. Uh, that's a joke. Uh, I promise it's a joke. Um, but when, when we think about this idea of you know, how do we protect ourselves from a rug pull? And a, and a rug pull, in, it can be really classified in lots of different ways as far as what it means in the NFT space. But really for all, you know, for all intents and purposes, what they're really, you know, kind of thinking, what this is all set up to be is really, it's the idea that someone is pulling the rug out. I, you know, essentially what they're really doing is that they are, you know, they're exiting without the desire or the goal of actually, um, you know, delivering on what they promised. And here's the thing about the NFT space. When you're investing in, yes, the art and you're buying an NFT, what you're actually saying is, I believe that the founders of this project are going to deliver on the roadmap and the things that they've promised. And I believe that together as a community, we will make that work. Now, there are some really cool success stories. Shout out to Fame Ladies, anyone that uh, has heard about that project, where the founders um, ended up being, I believe, a couple uh, men from Russia or from overseas um, that were really just trying to scam out of that project. And the community itself actually took over the project itself um, and now are running it you know, from the community perspective. And they've brought that project back to life. I'm a, a proud fame ladies holder. So, um, just letting, you know, everyone know that that's, uh, you know, transparently I have one of those, um, in my wallet. Uh, and if anyone's interested, you can always check out, I'm very transparent, uh, opensea.com slash isocialfans. Um, and you can check out what is in uh, my public wallet. I will say there is, there are some NFTs that are not in that public wallet that I've moved to a hardware wallet just based on what my goals are, but I'm just letting, letting everybody know that that I am, uh, you know, very transparent um, in that process, and, and hopefully, you know, kind of bring you guys on that journey. So the four people that reached out to me and said, "Hey, you know, we got scammed or we got rug pulled." One of them was actually a rug pull. One of them, they, the project itself was on Solano, and I will say the thing about Solana is uh, Solana, Solano. The thing about Solana is that there is no the the gas prices and the transaction fees are much lower. The problem with that is that that inspires people to be willing to you know, deliver more you know, fraudulent projects because the it's not going to cost them a lot of money compared to if you're trying to mint a project onto, um, uh, you know, onto something like uh, OpenSea or you're doing it on Ethereum, it's going to cost you a lot more money. It's going to cost you more money to go through that process. Therefore, the scam artists and those that are really, you know, they have to have that money up front. And so one of them was, it was just a, 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 I mean, a fraudulent project. Now I will tell you, when I went to the website, the first thing that jumped out at me was it seemed like a very standard template. Um, and I scrolled to the bottom and I, and I just ran my mouse over a couple of the links at the bottom. And I noticed many of them were still set to the default setting of like, uh, you know, the URL slash hashtag. And what I, why I do that is I really want to know if this project, if, if people are investing money and they're launching this project, more, off, more than likely they've checked all of their, I don't care if the, the website looks pretty. I care if they went through the checks and balances to understand how to, you know, if it, there's a button on the screen to make sure it's working. I want to make sure that the when they are making the call for the wallet, that they're doing it off of an HTTPS protocol, not off of an HTTP protocol. And so I went when I went to the Solana website for this project, I, as soon as I scrolled the bottom, I noticed they hadn't changed the, the things. I was like, oh, this is definitely a rug pull. But I will say there's also other examples where, you know, the, the founders have good intentions, 
but then either get overwhelmed or let's just fa- let's face it, they've never had that kind of money before and they end up going out and buying you know Lamborghinis for the entire team and all of a sudden r- forgot the fact that they have to nurture a community, you know, um, continue to grow uh, these, you know, the and empower the people that are, you know, their, their most loyal fans. And so I look at those things as kind of like, uh, it's going to happen to a lot of projects. So I know a lot of this, epi- a lot of this podcast, the first 11 episodes have been very, um, you know, I'm optimistic and I'm a passionate, very proud, loud and proud person when it comes to what NFTs can do and the power that they present us. But I will also say kind of on top of that and kind of how this all kind of fits into this, you know, conversation is there, this does not prevent bad people from doing bad things. It does not pe- prevent people from, you know, realizing that there is a shortcut to, to accessing money or winning over uh, a community. There's not, a, a, you know, it's just very much like people can buy followers, they can buy Discord um, members, and by just by doing that, you can ultimately win some people over in the short term. But I, what, what I will say is that the projects that are including people that have a brand, a reputation, people that are putting their name on the line, to me, that is a sign that, okay, now now the trust, you know, variance is a little bit better, right? Because here's the weird part of this whole space is that, you know, being anonymous or having a pseudonym became something very popular in the NFT space, which I am all for if that's something that someone wants to, um, you know, embrace. But I believe if you are embracing a pseudonym or using an alias, you also have to embrace the fact that our ability to build trust with you as a founder, as a member, as a uh, amplifier in this space is going to take a lot longer for us to actually build that rapport, build that that you know uh, trust with you, the person, because you are hiding behind a synonym or an alias, right? It's, I, I heard the Twitter team telling me that they've had a lot of really you know popular um, NFT accounts submit for Twitter verification. And they're using their pseudonym and they're like, well, what am I going to verify? I'm going to verify that you're not real, that the, the information you provided is not the actual right information. Like, okay, let's, let's take a step back here. And so I'm a big believer that you have to understand that, yes, it is your ability to, you know, to build a, a reputation and a rapport and, um, you know, put your name out there using a pseudonym or alias is, is part of your, you know, you, if you, that's your wishes. But I also say you have to kind of take the, the, the other side of that and what that's going to require. Now, there are some examples of pseudonyms or aliases that have really done an amazing job. If you guys check out Bored Elon, um, Bored Elon was actually interviewed by uh, Jason Keith, a good friend of mine, who is the founder of NFT Fresh, a, a great NFT event. Uh, and Jason Keith was interviewing um, Bored Elon. And Bored Elon made it a very known that he was not using an alias. It was a pseudonym for him. But he also has like seven years or six years of tweeting that are out there that you can go back and look at people that are you know that are have worked with him that are are complimenting him that are giving him pretty much testimonials on his Twitter account that's a big difference between a couple of people which I've done a little bit of research on that they've launched a pseudonym account um, in February of 2021 and it is not linked to anything it is not you know there's no you know identifying marks they don't you know open the microphone for the most part on Twitter spaces and then they're wondering why are people not trusting me in the 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 you know uh, projects that I'm amplifying and that is something we just have to take into account 
Now, I will say, a couple of the other ones that were, were scammed, you know, and I'm using the, my four friends, um, who I'm not going to use their name, um, was, you know, another one was, you know, they, they joined a Discord, they had been part of a Discord for a little while, of a project that they really liked. And they knew that the, the day had come that the project was launching and they were minting their project, and which was a very exciting, uh, you know, uh, opportunity. And when they knew it was, it was coming, they went and opened their Discord and they recognized, like, hey, there's a DM from a, an account that has the same logo as the Discord that I just joined for this, uh, this, uh, for this project. And they open the DM, and the name is just like the name of the project. And in it, it says, guess what? We've re- decided to um, you know, open up our minting process for you as an early adopter. Here's a link. We just want to say thank you. you know, please don't share this out publicly. This is just for you. And of course, that feeling is like, damn, this project saw that I cared about them and they sent me a, 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 DM, a link via DM from their, from their you know, parent account. And so you click that link and the link opens up to either a website or the minting spot or even the OpenSea account that looks, has the same logo and the same name on there. And you go through and purchase it before you recognize that there was probably a zero instead of an O in the username that the OpenSea account that was created that had a collection just used the standard photo and used the word the in the front, right? So instead of, instead of it being Crypto Dads, it was the Crypto Dads OpenSea account. It had the exact same profile, the exact same photos, the exact same number of collection, number of NFTs in the collection, and yet it wasn't the right one. And so what I'm going to say to that is we have to treat our direct messages, links in our direct messages, like we cl- like we, we look at links in our email, and we have to think of them very much like we are starting to get via text messaging right now, right? Their text message, um, you know, uh, people that are, are really using this to, you know, jump in and, and you know, in many ways, uh, you know, fish, fish out of our, our text messages, where, you know, I know that there's a couple, you know, phone number accounts that they just text the same number, over a month, four times, and all four times is generally the same message, but they switch between their name Verizon, AT&T, um, Sprint, and T-Mobile. And what the, what the text message says is, hey, we just want to let you know that we finally got a, new, a better deal for you for your, um, you know, for your uh, cell phone plan, and we just want to thank you for being a loyal customer. Click on this link, right? And of course, that link is going to either give them access to your phone, they're actually going to take you to a website where you put in the wrong credentials. And so we do have to treat all links that way. And I will say, I am going above and beyond that if I am going to put my, my crypto on the line and mint an NFT... I will not click the, the link or the site, even if that link or site is, is one that I'm, um, you know, I'm like, hey, I've been there nine times. I go into the Discord, I go into the link section or, you know, the important link section or even to the, um, you know, you can, if you want to, you can go to, uh, you know, like where it says announcements and I actually scroll for those official links. And I think that is such an important aspect of this because as we kind of learn, as we kind of grow into these processes, we do have to do these things to protect, in some cases, ourselves from ourselves, right? That's how, that's one of the things that we have to, you know, think about in, in regards to, you know, how do we make sure that when we are, you know, clicking on links that are the right links that we're not you know, going down the wrong path. Now, the other one is, you know, I mentioned earlier that we have no one to call if something goes wrong. 
And so one of the things that I'm a big fan of, because, you know, I have ADHD, I have, I oftentimes will, um, you know, go, th- I, I don't like process a lot. So I will oftentimes go through the steps of something without paying a, a, a lot of attention. One of the secrets that I have, and it's not really a secret, but it's something that I would recommend for anyone that's, that is in this space is, you know, MetaMask is my, my preferred wallet at the moment. I do use the Rainbow Wallet as well, but MetaMask is my preferred wallet. And inside of your MetaMask, you can actually set up multiple wallets, right? You can set up multiple accounts. And the thing that I do in this process is that by default, I actually have an account that I've never minted uh, to ever. I've never put crypto in it. It's a second account with a name that I recognize that is my default MetaMask account. Now, why would I do that, you're asking, right? And the reason is, is because when I pop onto a website and the website goes to connect with my wallet, some cases that happens and we're just clicking a button and we don't even recognize that we're doing it. The good news is, if even if I go to the wrong uh, a site and I click on the wrong button, there's nothing in that account that they could get. Now, yes, some of the more fancy, more elaborate hackers um, at the moment um, can then try to you know to jump over to a different wallet. And I, and I know MetaMask is is working on some security um, aspects um, on that side. But what I will say is that what that does is it makes me go, oh yeah. I wanted to actually use my money, and so I have to click on the you know on the extension in my um, you know in my browser, and I just click the you know it's very easy to switch wallets, right? So I'm clicking on it right now. Actually, I, I click on the little icon on the top right. I switch to the other icon, and then I hit connect to connect my wallet. That simple step for me stops me from being me, which means I don't just click through a bunch of things because I'm all excited or I want to beat the clock and end up doing something that could ultimately harm me. The second thing about this that I that I would recommend how to avoid rug pulls and really how to think about this you know space as a whole is you do have to do your research but you also have to recognize you are taking a risk. We are we're betting on in many cases people that we don't know. We're betting on uh, the uh, in many cases a technology that we still you know, many of us believe in but we still know are in the early phases. And so, you know, I don't want people to to think about, you know, you know it's not just bad people or not just people that are are lazy that are ultimately um, making the mistakes or getting rug pulled or getting scammed. I did this. I, I I mentioned this on last episode. I I I made this mistake. Is I clicked on. Um, I I knew the project. I went into OpenSea. I searched in OpenSea for the name of the project. I saw it. I clicked on it and I minted. I hit buy now and I bought the project. And then I was so excited. I went and said buy now again because I saw a second one was at the same price. And it wasn't until I realized at the top that not only was the account not verified, but it was the, 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 the actual profile. There was a misspelling in the profile. And I was like, oh, no, I went to the wrong one. And, like, and that's how good I am, right? I, I, I doubled down on it before I checked on it, right? And, so I, and I use that example because nobody's perfect and these things are going to happen. But we just have to understand some of the, the checks and balances and things that we can implement. The other part of this that I just wanted to cover for those that when we're thinking about this NFT space and, I, and I'm mentioning how we have to trust people and, and, and really how this whole thing kind of comes into life. The other part of it is be very careful whose recommendations you're taking for a project, what I mean by that is there was someone that was using an anonymous account that was very, very vocal about a couple projects. One of them I jumped into and it was, I mean, the project was one of my favorite projects um, that I jumped into early and I was able, to, you know, within a week, I, you know, I 3X'd my, uh, my money and I was extremely excited about that opportunity. But then the next project was meh 
And then I realized the third project was one that he was working or she was working and pushing really, really hard. And they are putting it out there and putting it out there. I looked into it. I was a little bit curious. I sent him a couple DMs. And I realized that, like, I mean, they were using all of their social equity at that moment for this project. And I just wanted to know, like, hey, do you have a ventured interest in it? What's your, what's your association with this NFT project? And they didn't end up getting back to me. The project went out, and it ended up being a massive rug pull. Uh, I know that many people know this project. It was one of the, the larger projects that, you know, within a couple of days of the uh, you know, NFT mints being collected, the people kind of disappeared. And I will say, that person who I'd been following for six months on Twitter disabled their account. They deleted their account. They're no longer using that account on Twitter. And, and I would say for me, it was like, oh, shame on me for not thinking about like, who am I listening to for advice on what is a good project? What is not a good project? And I know I've talked about that previously. The other thing I want us to think about here when we're thinking about, you know, getting involved in projects is we also have to, for each project that we're working on, we have to understand what are our own individual goals and how are we going to measure those goals when we're doing these projects? Because I think some people are looking at projects as a scam because they are getting into a project hoping that it's going to make them money in the short term. Like, oh my goodness, this project's popular. I'm going to be able to flip it in a week and double my money. But yet, if they looked at the core roadmap of, that, of the NFT, if they did their research on what the founders talked about as the things that are most important to them, Guess what they're talking about? They're not talking about short-term wins. They're not talking about giving you a bunch of, uh, of reasons to, for the price to go up now. They're talking about these large projects. And in many ways, the NFT is funding the front end of this larger project. And I will use this as an example. You know, I mentioned earlier that we minted the Pog Punks. Uh, Pog Punks, uh, and I, I, those that are listening here on Twitter Spaces, um, I pinned the tweet to the top here, uh, of the top of the of the actual um, you know the space. But I will tell you, the I did my research and I was looking into this project, and the thing that excited me about it was that the, what their what their goals are, what they're working towards is it's a punks derivative at the center of the first NFT multi-chain metaverse generator platform. Now, I will tell you, for many of us, it's like, what did they just say? So I went through the website. I went through the founders. I went to the, the founders' Twitter account. I scrolled back lots of tweets um, back into the earlier of the year just to see what they were talking about. What was their tone, right? Like, I don't like, I'm not one that likes to get associated with negative people or people that um, like to flex um, how much better they are than others. And so I often do my research just to see if those people are, are those kind of people. And then it's, it's going to be a mark on my decisions if I want to work with them. But the reason I, I love the Pog Punks idea, and I believe it fits perfectly in our um, you know, in an NFT 365 project, is remember that we are holding on to these NFTs all the way until November 11th of next year. So none of the projects that we are looking at minting, none of the projects that we are excited about at this exact moment are for instant success. And so I just want to put this out there that, you know, some of the projects that I mint myself, I social fans, right, like out of my account, some of them are, are NFTs where I plan on, you know, getting in early, getting out in a, in a shorter amount of time. But if you look at everything that we're doing with Mint 365, and if you, you know, you can check out hashtag Mint 365, um, we'll also let you know the website should be up and running very soon um, over at mintnft365.com. Um, and just so you can you know, get an idea of the projects that we're working on. Um, some of the tools that we're using to find new FT, uh, NFTs every day. Um, a, couple of, a couple of the websites are great. A couple of them are really bad. Um, but I think it's important, you know, it, it, and a good example of this is 
if you're someone that likes to hold on to a project and you believe in community and you're not looking for you know quick return on your money, follow the Mint 365 project. If you're someone that wants to like, hey, I want to see what some of these projects are that you know Brian's getting in later to or Brian's investing in after they're more established. Brian is also seems to be buying three or four of certain projects. And I will tell you that's kind of my current methodology is that if I believe in a project, both the short term and the long term, I'm actually purchasing more than one. Um, and it's because I have attachment issues. <laughs> uh, I'm one that loves to, I, I, I love to believe in the underdog. I love to hold on to things and hold on to collections and, and things probably longer than most people. And so I know that if I have a couple of them, I can get rid of, you know, I can sell or flip one or two of them. Um, and yet, you know, then I'm still holding one of them and I'm still have access to the community. Um, you know, and that just really depends on, on the project and, and some of the research that I've been doing. The last thing I want to talk about as far as like the scams and, and, and some of the things that are going on um, in the NFT space as well is that you all, we also have to work at this idea of like, what does it mean to be an influencer? And what does it mean for people that are using their current um, social credibility or their, their reputation or you know, their current uh, raise, rise to fame? Um, how are they using that? Are they peddling a bunch of the same project, projects that everyone else is, pro, is, is peddling? Are they a, a white male that only seems to promote white male-driven projects? These are things we want to look in and stay away from, right? And as someone that's been in this influencer space, and I do have a podcast episode coming up um, this weekend on where you know what we can learn from influencer marketing um, in the NFT space, but I will say, I, I, I've said this a lot on the podcast, I'll say this a lot, that you know, for me individually, no one NFT project is worth jeopardizing the trust that I've been building with my community and the audience that I have. But I know that there are a lot of people that have never been in this position where people are willing to not only jump and take actions based on what they share or what they talk about, but people are willing to put money behind that, right? And we have to take that as responsibility on ourselves. I take that as probably the highest responsibility I can. That if I am talking about something that I know that might influence people, I'm going to let them know very much upfront what my ventured interest in. Maybe it's just because I believe in the project. Maybe they sent me an NFT to give away and they're going to give me a free whitelist or whatever that may be. I'm going to make sure that that is part of the narrative. I'm going to put that out there loud and proud because here's the thing that, that, that I see right now that we also have to be aware of in the scams is when I say see the same good old boys club or the same group of people peddling projects every single time, something smells fishy. And we also have to recognize that there are a lot of people that talk about how great a project are, but they will never give you an update about that project after it's launched, after, you know, after the, you know, the, the initial hype. And I think part of that, in my opinion, part of that, like, you know, issue or, or kind of review or, or concept is because they believe that we as consumers aren't very smart. Let me say that again. I believe a lot of the naive influencers believe that their audience will not go and do their due diligence. They will not go and check up. And I will say, I used to spend all of my time mad and, and going after these individuals that, that presented themselves this way. But I decided to switch my narrative because a lot of them are not going to be helped. A lot of them are not going to be welcoming my feedback or my information. And so I switched to say, my job is to educate all of us. And so what I am just going to put out there to the world is that if you are taking advice from someone um, on a project, on a thing that you're working on, maybe on what you're doing, 
you know, and they're also talking about that same project. Track to see how long they talk about that, what they share about that. And and just to do that on your own. Like do your own, you know, tracking and due diligence of those that influence you. And start asking yourself, hey, that once or twice they might have been right, but it seems like they're really just hawking anything that comes at them. I mean, I haven't been in the NF space much longer than a year, and I get 10 DMs a week at least where people are saying, I will give you a free NFT if you promote my project, if you tweet this out, if you talk about our giveaway. And I know from the outside, I know why they're asking, right? They see that I'm verified. They see that I have, you know, 100,000 plus followers. They, they look at that as like, okay, hey, I'm going to give them something. They can promote it out there. It's going to get more eyeballs on it. But there's twofold of that for me. First of all, if I don't know the project, if I don't know the founders, if I'm not involved in it, guess what? I'm, it's just not something that I'm going to, to put out to my audience. I, I just don't, that's where I draw the line. And I've done that my entire career. The second part of this is, I also know that there's only a certain amount of influence that I will be able to yield over a certain amount of time, and I need to leverage that in a way that that is best for me. And what I mean by that is, if I'm hawking four projects, and then I'm launching my own project in a couple of weeks, and a project that I'm working on with uh, you know Drew and and our team is is, is launching in in January. If I'm all of a sudden talking about a bunch of other projects, not only am I watering down my message, but in many cases, I'm probably using up the bag, the, you know, the, the crypto that people have in their wallet. And all of a sudden, when it gets to the project that I really care about, that I really want people to, to jump in on, guess what? People are going to be like, oh, well, the last two projects you recommended didn't work out. Or they're going to say, damn, Brian, I wish you would have told me earlier, but I spent all of my ETH on those three other projects that you talked about before. And so that's the part of this that we also have to just be careful of. And then last but not least is, you know, I'm a big believer in protecting yourself from a single point of failure. Single point of failure is often where people go from getting scammed to getting owned. Let me say that again. A single point of failure is where often people go from getting scammed to getting owned. And what I mean by that is it is no different than your password for your bank account should not be the same password for your Facebook and for your email address when you're logging in the Gmail. They should not be the same passwords because let's be real. If someone gets access to your email, yes, that sucks. If someone gets access to your bank account, you're screwed. You are owned. And that is a massive thing that you have to take into account. It is something that we have to think about. And so in this NFT space, it might feel like you're spending extra money on transactions, moving money back and forth, because guess what? You are. But the thing to remember is I want to make sure that I am protecting myself against a total loss, even if I make a mistake or even if it's not me making a mistake. It's maybe something that happens you know, without someone realizing it and the, the site is, is mirrored and, and we're lost. And so the way, the way that I do that is that I do not have crypto in my wallet that is the one that I mint NFTs on until I'm actually ready to actually mint the NFTs or it's an hour before the project that I'm going to actually to buy into. So what I do is I have my my crypto in another wallet and it is somewhere else you know that I am holding and I know like okay this project that I'm going to jump into I think it's a 0.5 mint um, you know or 0.05 mint and it has you know 0.03 gas so I'm going to move over 0.1 eth into that wallet an hour before I mint it if all of a sudden I'm clicking on links and all of a sudden I click on the wrong one and it connects my wallet and someone you know is able to own my wallet guess what they got they got only 0.1 eth the eth that I just moved in there 
They don't have access to my entire NFT library. They don't have access to my entire crypto library, crypto uh, account and all the money that I have in it. And so that is the, the other part of this is that we just want to put in different ways for us to kind of, you know, uh, uh, you put some guard rails in there for us in, in this whole process. And so hopefully this to me, you know, will get us down that path to, you know, avoid getting scammed, avoid getting rug pulled. Um, I will say it is a conversation that we have over in the discord. So if you're not in the discord, um, you definitely go check out our discord. Um, I promise we're doing our best. We're, we're tweaking some of the settings We're we're adjusting some of the channels uh, with the goal of making it uh, not overwhelm. We're not trying to overwhelm um, anyone when it comes to too many notifications or too many times we're using, um, you know, the phrase or the, uh, you know, the <laughs> too many times you're using something like, uh, you know, everyone tag. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like crying wolf. All of a sudden you're getting all of these, um, all of these notifications and you just turn off the notifications. Um, in a way, like my goal is to make uh, the, the, you know, the, the discord that we're running um, so the fact that you can turn on the notifications for the channels that you want, you can turn off the other notifications, and that the channels that you want, you're never getting too many notifications, and that is a an under, underlying goal of mine. And I will say we have a we have a um, you know one of the channels that we have in Discord, and this will be the the last thing recommendation I have for those that are trying to avoid getting uh, rug pulled or scammed is you know I know for a lot of people that you don't have many of your real life friends that are in this space. Many of them might not even like, they're like, dude, or they're like, why are you you know, spending money on these, these, these giant, uh, you know, uh, JPEGs, or maybe they just completely confused. And I know that can, that feeling alone feeling sometimes leads us to click on things or try things because there's no one that we can, we can ask. I will say, if you don't have people to ask, you know, for advice or tips or, Hey, I'm going to, I'm thinking about doing this project. Anyone else doing it? Join our discord, join the discord, jump in there. We have a couple other, we have a couple of the channels. One of them is, you know, NFT other projects where you can drop into that NFT other projects section and say something like, Hey, I, this is a project that I'm keeping an eye on. Anyone else doing that? Love to hear your thoughts. And cause I know that that without having that soundboard, I'm very blessed that, you know, I've created you know a couple different Twitter groups, a couple different, um, you know, discords where I'm able to really, um, you know, f you know, go in there and say, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And then some people will be like, dude, that's the same founder of this project that you didn't like. I'm like, oh, good point. Um, and so if you are looking for that as someone that, that will kind of help you, uh, you know, feel a little bit less alone, a little bit, you know, checks and balances, give someone, uh, some people to bounce some ideas off. I will tell you the people that are in this community over there on FanZone are, are just some all-star, you know, people that I'm just blessed that they spend their time over there, you know, and a shout out to many of them who are right now listening um, in the in the Twitter spaces. Um, I would just say I appreciate all of you. I know it's Thanksgiving week and uh, I just say I appreciate all of you. I, I appreciate all of you for sharing. I feel appreciate you all for showing up and helping others. Uh, so many of you jump in and an answer questions for, for others long before I'm even um, able to get access to it. And so, you know, this is going to be a ride. And I will say um, for all those that, you know, we can't let the bad examples, the bad actors stop the great opportunities and great things that are happening in this space. And so what I recommend us to do is, you know, spend our time educating our friends and our family and those around us. But let's not spend our time 
all of our time talking about the bad things and, and the rug pulls and the, the scams that went down. I think for me, when I talk about a scam or a rug pull, I'm using it as a learning opportunity for others to avoid what I did, not an opportunity for me to shame or you know post a woe is me post about the, th- the mistakes that I made. And I think that's just a, it's a, it's a early adoption lesson. I've been an early adopter in platforms you know, for the last 15 years and it's something that happens every single time. In every early adoption platform, we have a tendency to wanna make a land grab or hold on to the land that we have and therefore we start spending too much time amplifying the, the, the haters or the naysayers or the bad actors and not enough time celebrating the good examples because here's the thing. If you aren't talking about the great things that are happening in this NFT space outside of NFT Twitter and outside of Discord, guess who is coming into this community? The bad actors and the bad people. Because the good people that, are, that want to get in, that want to be part of a community, that believe in this idea of decentralization and empowering us as creators to have the power and ownership that we've always craved, those good people, unfortunately, right now at this moment, don't understand enough about the projects or the, 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 the technology, and they're stuck only hearing the bad news and the bad things that happen. So I know that this episode is kind of the flip of that, where I focused on you know how to avoid the rug pulls and how to avoid the scams, but I will just challenge us all to think about the narrative that we are putting out to those that are yet to in this space. And then and there are so many people that we want to welcome into this space, to this industry. There are so many artists that need not to be starving artists. There are so many female-driven projects and communities that need amplified and brought to light. There are so many minority creators and developers that are doing amazing things. And unfortunately, at the moment, they're getting drowned out by the rug pulls or the failures or the, you know, the fraudulent um, you know, shillers that are putting out uh, every project that is brought to them. And so I believe together we can make that difference. Together we can make that a focus. Um, and with that, uh, I, I hope everyone has an amazing day. We will be back again, of course, tomorrow for another episode of NFT 365. We're doing this 365 days a year. That includes Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yes, you don't have to listen to the podcast every day. You can, you can, batch, record, you can batch listen to these as I will be batch recording them as well. So with that, uh, make it a good one, friends. All right, so that was the end of the, the live episode we recorded over on Twitter Spaces. Um, I do have a bonus episode that is next. I just want to set the preference. You know, it is uh, a little Q&A we did in the Twitter space, but some of the conversations were really, really, really freaking good. And we got some great questions from uh, Drew and a couple others that we broke down into like community best practices and how can founders be more, um, you know, in touch with the growth of their community and how can we we shift the culture of this nft space and also you want to check out that bonus episode uh, please do but then also let me know if you like the q a being a part of podcasts i want to know that for future episodes so if you can uh, send me a dm on twitter let me know what you think about the q a segment maybe i can i can tighten it up a little bit um i'll do some editing there as well but um you guys rock make it a great one and uh, yeah let me know what your thoughts are on the bonus episode cheers this show is not financial advice so do your own